On today's Patriot Nation podcast, we have the schedule release. Oh, yeah. The schedule is being released for the 2020 season. So we are here to talk about it. And we are joined by Bryson. You all know him. He's at Bryson NFL on Twitter. He's uh, joining the show to talk a little bit of Patriots. And we'll break down the schedule a little bit and uh, give you our predictions for the season as well. It's a heck of a show. So buckle up and cue the music. Receivers two to the right. Russell Wilson extends the hands. He has it. Wilson, quick throw. And it's good. All right, Spags, we are back. There's been no live sports for months. We're all stuck at home. Now there are murder, murder hornets. But it's crazy. the time. NFL schedule has been released. And so we're turning the corner, I think. We're turning the corner. It's a good sign. It's a good sign the schedule's out. Tonight reminds me of the scene in Fever Pitch. I'm sure you've seen it when they're like, they're, uh, they're in his apartment and he's like, you want Yankees? He's like, no, nah, that's Devil Ray dancing. Like this is uh, this is what the night feels like. Honestly, it's just like that's the only. We talked about it. You'll you'll hear about it later. Like, just the time we live in. I've never seen so much hype. Like you said, three hours of coverage on NFL Network about a schedule release. Yep. Like that's just the world we live in, right? But I'm doing all right. Golf. I golf today. I just got back from the links. I played a quick nine after work. Um, did not play very well. Uh, I shot a 49. Actually, it was brutal. Absolutely terrible. Yeah. Uh, Literally double bogeyed every hole, but I got golf back, so I cannot complain. I have something to do on the weekends now. Oh, I can man. get out, get out of the house a little bit. Yeah. So uh, hopefully, we're turning the corner soon. There's been some positive signs. Obviously, things are starting to open up a little bit around the country. But um, I said to you, let's just. I will. I will take living like this with a little, you know, kind of quarantining here and there throughout the summer. If we can just have football normal, and I say fans. Everything back to normal for the fall. We need football. Like I've never wanted something more. Uh, obviously, the NHL and NBA, whatever they plan to do, it just will not be the same. Uh, MLB, I don't really care about. Just give me football and give me it the way we know it. So true. So true. And I did want to touch on that golf thing because Matt Chatham tweeted out something that I thought was just hysterical. And I, I'm going to read it because it's just so good. And he's like, you really miss golf. golf. Then you realize the seven groups backed up ahead of you haven't played in years and they suck worse than infants and they all have 10 football finder poles. And this round is taking nine hours if you're lucky. And now you don't miss golf anymore. Circle and, and of golf life. And there's, yeah. And there's no carts too. There's no carts. So everybody's yeah. walking and you uh-huh. push cart. It's, it is, yeah. First hole today, it was like backed up by four people. Like, yeah, it yeah. was, it was bad. But I, oh, especially never- today, man. I will never complain about golf ever again. I don't care how bad I am, how good I am. I mean, I say this now, maybe like four rounds later, I'll, I'll be of trying to snap my new clubs over my knees, but I am just, I'm, I'm thrilled. Thank God. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, just something to do, you know? It is. We got to get oh. out. We have to get out. We've been talking about this for years. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we, we will. will this 
We will. We'll, maybe 100%. We'll, we'll it's going to happen. it on live or something. We'll do some we'll do some competition or something. Yeah, we'll do a we'll do a little competition uh live on on Twitter. So we'll do it off yours though cuz I only have 1300 followers. Thanks a lot people out there. <laughs> Longest drive. I, I think I got that oh, short game. I won't be winning that one. I could tell yeah, you that much. Uh short game on the green. It's like I'm like putting in my in my bathtub. That that's how bad yeah. I am. I'd be better trying to stop the ball before the drain. Let's just say if I can break a hundred, I'm I'm doing okay. So I think yeah. I think you'll be all right in most we'll of the competitions okay. that we're doing. <laughs> so, anyways, all right. So so back to football. We get the schedule release today, and like I said, uh, we're gonna have Bryce on the show. I, I'm just excited about it. And listen, my quick takeaway, just super quick. They play. They open up with Miami at home, which means you don't have to go to Miami in September, which is yep. an absolute nightmare. And so. You know, I think that that's terrible. And the other part of it for me is that what I like as well is that um, they play Miami at home uh, on the road. I'm sorry, in December, but they have back to back games in L.A. before the Miami game. And typically for the Patriots, like it's cold up here. You're not used to the warm weather. Well, you've been in L.A. now for two weeks. And and really, it's not two weeks because they're really going like Friday to Friday because they're playing the Thursday night game. But either way, you've been in L.A. for a week. Where it's nice and warm, now you're going to now you're going to to uh, to Miami, which again, it's hotter in Miami. Than it's going to be in L.A., but even still, you're not going from zero degree Gillette for the last month and a half, and then straight down to Miami. So that's you know that's a kind of silver lining for me down in Miami. Again, I don't know if it was Brady that had the, that had the problems down in Miami, or if it was the Patriots, but. I don't know. I mean, who the heck knows is going to happen? Hey, King King Stiddy gets a uh, taste of Hollywood for a week in his first year. Like, how are you, yes, man? He Welcome does. to the NFL. You get a week in Hollywood. Yes, he does. Uh, Primetime game on Thursday and a four twenty-five on Sunday. Those games always do yeah. well. Welcome to the NFL, buddy. Like, here's the keys to Foxborough. You go to L.A. for a week, pal. How are you? It's pretty dope. That's pretty dope. I'll tell you what, man. So he's married at least, so that's good. Yeah, he's yeah, married at least. He won't be out chasing women, which is good. It's good for us because yes. we don't want that. No. So, but anyway, so we don't want to talk too much about the schedule because we do talk about it with Bryson. But, uh, but man, it's like you said, dude. It's just, thank God. Like I just feel like you know the draft a few weeks ago, and now this. There's just some NFL normalcy coming. You know, and of course, like everything's still. I think they've done it. Not to cut you off, but I'm sure you, I want you to touch on it too. I yeah. feel they they've done a great job with um with what's going on and given the circumstances. And I know they were the only team really in their off season and weren't as affected as the other three sports leagues. But just the way they handled the draft, I think the draft went great. Um, with everything mm-hmm. they did, I know we talked about it. The schedule release, they they have a plan in place. If the COVID um if COVID is still around and affecting people what they're going right. to do. Um, I think they've done a fantastic job with everything, given the circumstances, really. No, I agree with you. And they, and they built in, they built in a, a four week contingency into the Super Bowl. So they're, they're anticipating perhaps having to push back four weeks. Um, you know, I think the biggest question really, and, and we get into it a little bit, Bryson, but not much, but uh, you know, is, is our fans going to be allowed in or not? And I think that's going to be the biggest question is, What's going to happen at that point? You know, right now, I mean, we're hearing rumblings that things are going to start opening up, that, you know, sports teams are going to be in there, that, you know, that pretty soon things are going to start happening where we're going to be around, right, where there's going to be actually sports soon. Um, and so that's that's obviously good news and, and, and promising news. Um, 
we don't know for sure, but that's what we're hoping at least. And, and that's the best we could do is just say, Hey, look, you know, let's just see what happens. And the NFL has done a great job. I agree with you because what they did was they said, listen, we can do all this virtually. We can do all of it virtually. Let's just do it all virtually. And then if we have to push things back, then we'll push things back. But if we don't, then everything's already done. You know? And I think that that made a lot of sense for them to do because yeah, the draft doesn't impact anything. Even if we get pushed back four weeks, so what? We did the draft at the same time. What difference does it make? You know, and so I think that they did the right thing there, and um, and they've been doing a good job, and they they covered it pretty well. And like you said, man, I really enjoyed the draft this year. I don't know how much everyone else liked it, but I really enjoyed it. It was, I mean, obviously you had a ton of viewers because everyone's at home, but but it was just I thought I think I agree with you in the fact they've done a really nice job, and so hopefully they'll continue to do that. Of course, they have to, you know, they have to follow what you know what the states say and what the country says and and you know what and do what's safe for their players and the fans you know and the staff as well and so uh you know we'll see what happens at the end of the day but i'm hopeful that you know that things can at least play games now whether they're going to be fans in the stands or not i don't know but at least if we can play some games that'd be nice we talked about it you know maybe the first four weeks we don't have fans because they go to seattle and arrowhead and you made a great point later on in the episode I'd yeah. be okay with no fans for four weeks and open the floodgates. Let's bring them all in. Yeah. Go to Arrowhead with no Agreed. one screaming and, and the 12th man is not there. Completely right. fine with that. Go ahead if you don't want to do that. Or maybe even just those exactly. two games. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Just weeks two and four. No <laughs> no fans. So, but all right, let's get into uh, let's get into our conversation with Bryson. It's a solid conversation. We appreciate him coming on the show. And as always, we'll be back with you next Friday. Uh, to talk more Patriots. We're going to be with you all off season. I know that things are going on. I know that, you know, you're still here. We're still talking, right? I know there's like, what the heck is going on? What are we going to talk about? We'll find something to talk about. We're going to talk to you every week because why the hell not? You're around. You're still thinking about the Patriots just like we are. So we're going to be around. We're not going anywhere. So don't worry about it. All right. So, so we'll get you into that conversation and we'll talk to you next week. We are happy to be joined by a good friend, uh, definitely a long time coming. We've been trying to have him on for a long time. Um, you guys all know him. I mean, it doesn't really need much of an intro, but but we're going to give him one anyways. Bryson goes by Bryson NFL on Twitter. You Patriots fans, you know you know who he is. Bryson, welcome to the show, my man. Long time coming. Thanks, guys. Uh, happy to talk to you. I actually give uh, Bryson NFL in real life, too. Yeah, yeah, that's your last name, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but anyway, yeah, we have to, we obviously diving into the schedule, uh, that came out tonight, a uh, few, about, about two hours ago now, um, five primetime games without number 12, um, definitely mm-hmm. a lot more than I had expected. I figured at least, at least three, maybe four, right. And we got five. So King Stid, welcome to the show, my man. Here's the keys to Foxborough. You got five t- primetime <laughs> games. So let's go. <laughs> Yep, man. I'm so excited for this. Like, it feels like 2016 and that four-game stretch. That was like one of the most fun times to the past fan I've had in a while. Just because there was really no expectations and anything they did that was good was the best thing ever. And that's kind of what it feels like with Stidham. And he's going to have five primetime games. I haven't really combed to the schedule. I know I've said on Twitter earlier that no team in, since 2010 has won a Super Bowl with a week six or earlier by. But so yeah. there's that, but I'm not expecting the Super Bowl anyway. But I think the season's going to be really fun, and I think Patriots fans are going to have a lot of fun. Me personally, I'm going to have a lot of fun because I don't have any expectations for this team, and anything they do is going to be amazing. And I'll be right there, happy and fat because of quarantine. 
Yeah, but in in that you said it right there though. Like this is the first year where we're you know, it it's it's not a Super Bowl hopeful year, right? Like they're not competing for a Super Bowl. It's almost you're going in there with no expectations. And I think that's what's so intriguing about this team, right? You have a quarterback who, you know, we've been me and Pat have been chugging this since last August. You've been with us doing it, you know, pumping Jared Sidham's tires. It's a year where we have literally no expectations. We can hype him up all we want. And I love doing that, right? And I don't mean to put too much, you know, weight on his shoulders with this season, but you're going into the year like kind of just like shrugged, like what, you know, whatever happens, happens. I'm I'm excited for it. I'm super intrigued. And I think they're going to do a lot better than people think. It's a tough, tough schedule, man. But um, I'm excited. Yeah, well, they have. I mean, sorry, Pat. Go ahead. Uh, I was just gonna say they have exactly the same amount of primetime games as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, who you know are the uh, quote unquote Super Bowl favorites. Matter of fact, I I'm working on an they article right odds. now. Which I, I think so. You know what? I haven't I haven't written it yet. Um, but I was just doing some research on it. Did you know that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers cannot and will not even make the Super Bowl this year? The the chances of that happening are statistically almost impossible uh, because I'll give you one incredibly good reason. There have been 54 Super Bowls played. That is 108 teams have played in a Super Bowl. Exactly zero of them have played in their home stadium. Guess where the guess where Super Bowl 54 is being held this year? I, I rest my case. That's it. That's all you need to know. Uh. Yeah, that'll be fun too. But it's like the it's just the first season where the players can go week to week and have more fun. Like I think they'll be a lot a lot more loose. It'll be a lot more fun. I think it, I think it'll just be a really fun team without the expectations of weighing down. I don't think Jared Stidham's going to walk out there thinking he has to be Tom Brady. I think it's going to be super fun. Yeah, I mean it, it's they they have. They're gonna. Josh McDaniels is so good at developing young quarterbacks. I mean, you can say, oh, all these stats the last twenty years. Who knows? You know, Brady's never done it. Bill's never done it without each other. But the last, you know, I think it's Bill's played around thirty games without Brady, including the this, you know, the fifteen with Castle, um, or maybe less than that. But he's got a winning record with Castle, Garoppolo, Brissett, and the competition they face in 08 was a first place schedule. Um, Garoppolo went into Arizona, beat them. Brissett mm-hmm. won versus when they were what, like eight point underdogs at home versus Houston, blew yeah. them out 16 nothing. And then that Bills game was just kind of a throwaway game, whatever. We don't really talk about it. But um, I, I think the, with the help of McDaniels, the two tight end sets, uh, hopefully those guys can step in and play the strong offensive line. Easy reads for the kid, right? I mean, nothing, nothing to the outside, nothing outside the numbers. Nothing risky. Over the middle. Trust your veterans. Use Edelman over the middle. I, I, I'm excited for the season. I agree. Yeah. You know what? I'll tell you what. I mean, for me personally, I think you remember. I remember back. You know, Big Ben's first year in '04, and they just they literally split the field in half, and they said, "Okay, you're looking to the right on this play. You're not even looking left. We're going to run guys to the left. You're not even looking there. You're only looking to the right. If the ball, if the throw is there, you throw it. If it isn't," Get rid of the freaking ball, you know. Don't don't make any stupid plays. Don't make any stupid interceptions. Of course, they went fifteen and zero with Roethlisberger as a starter that year. And now I'm not saying that Jared Stidham's going to be going to be Ben Roethlisberger, but here's my concern. Okay, here's my concern, and I agree with both of you that it should be a lot of fun. And I don't have a lot of expectations for this team. 
Now, obviously, I think they're going to be okay, competitive, you know, nine and seven, eight and eight, 10 and six, maybe. But my concern for this team is that the rest of the fan base and the and the media in particular, and when I say the media, I, I really mean like the sports talks radio people, but, you know, the media in general, I'm concerned that they're going to be the ones fueling that fire, that they're going to be, why aren't the Patriots good enough? Why does Jared sit himself? Why can't they win games? What's going on? Why do they look this way? And if Brady and the, and the Bucks come out hot, now they're going to be sitting there saying, what, what's going on? How come, how come, you know, Tampa's so good and we got rid of Brady and now the team is a mess and it's a dumpster fire and we got to fire everyone and, you know, get cuts to him and how come they didn't draft a quarterback and look at the receivers are so bad. That's the stuff that I'm worried about. You know, you're asking Jared Stidham to come in and replace the greatest football player, perhaps the greatest athlete in the history of, of sports. And now he's got to come in here and, you know, play for the same team and with the same media and everything else. That's my biggest concern. If people have the attitude that we have, which is like, Hey, look, if they go nine and seven, great, but we're not expecting them in the Super Bowl. If they have that expectation, we'll be okay. The, the problem is, is that I don't see that happening, especially around here. People are used to a certain way of things being done because Belichick's still the coach. Um, and so that's my biggest concern for this team and for Stidham in particular, because I just think that's a lot to put on the kids' shoulders. When the Patriots start out 0-2 and Ben Bowen, what's been Bill Belichick fired? <laughs> yep. Get him away from that article. <laughs> the other thing I wanted to say about Stidham and I think he has a, a major advantage because the problem with Tom Brady is he's actually so smart that he's on a calculus level of football and Nikhil Harry and Jacoby Myers and the rest of those guys really aren't except for Julian Edelman. So the playbook, much more simple, and the guy, the other guys should have much less trouble with Jared Stinnem at quarterback, as crazy as it sounds, because they don't have to think on Tom Brady's level and process at the speed and level that he does. So I think that right. it's going to be a lot easier for Jared Stidham. And Ben Bowen in week two is inevitably going to write, the Patriots are own too. Should Bill Belichick <laughs> be fired? I know. And the other hey. thing too, which I, I know, you know how he's ready? He hasn't said a word. Like he hasn't said a word. He, you know, yeah. the couple Instagram posts, he's not out there tooting his own horn. I mean, obviously with what's going on, you know, there's not as much media access and everything, but right. He seems like a kid that can handle this media. I mean, soft-spoken kid. The teammates raved about him. His leadership ability came in. I mean, everybody who's played with him in the past at Auburn, Baylor, said this kid can lead a huddle. You saw it in the preseason. I mean, he played in a phone box, a phone booth at at, at Auburn. I mean, it's going to be so much more simplified. And like I said to my earlier point, you know, you know how he's ready. He hasn't said a word. Right. Oh, it's a good point. You know, and that's. And so we'll see, uh, you know, I think the expectations are interesting. Um, you know, certainly that's, like I said, for me, that's the concern, right? Is unrealistic expectations and being able to live up to those. I mean, you look what happened to, to Steven Gostowski, Steven Gostowski, you know, when you look at his, you know, him by the numbers is a phenomenal kicker. And yet his entire career, everyone in Boston and especially in the media has crapped all over him. And why have they done that? Not because he's not good enough, because he replaced the greatest kicker in the history of the NFL. And so, of course, you can never be Adam Vinatieri. You just can't. It's not possible. And so, and especially, you know, the way that, the way that you know, Patriots fans and, and the Patriots media look at, at Vinatieri, where he kicked, you know, the greatest kick in the history of the NFL, and then won you, you know, you won three, your first three Super Bowls were all by, by a field goal, you know? Like, it's unbelievable. But at the same time, then you look at it, you look closer and you say, well, 
actually before the field goal kick against Carolina, he had already missed two field goals. He was one for three in that, in that Super Bowl. So it's like he made mistakes too, but Gostowski could just never reach that level because it's not, it's not fair to ask him to do that. And so now I'm looking at Stidham thinking the same thing. Like if we're going to put the expectations of Brady on him, like what the hell are we doing here? You know? And so hopefully people have a brain and can look at that and say, let's, let's scale it back a bit, but who the heck knows what they're going to do. And I think the biggest thing too is, which will help Stidham, they got to get that run game going. And I know that'll help with the mm-hmm. offensive line getting healthy. David Andrews being back. Uh, he obviously spoke to the media a few days ago. He seems like he's healthy. He said that, you know, there's obviously concerns, but he's off of medication, which is great signs. Joe Thune, you know, he's going to be there. Hasn't missed a snap or two snaps in his NFL career, whatever. Knock on wood. Um, yeah. Isaiah Wynn, Bryson, you're, you've been pumping his train. He'll be healthy. He's going to play a full season. Uh, who knows what happens kind of on that right side with Mason, if he can kind of get back to 2018 form and what happens with Marcus Cannon. Y- Yannick Juice is certainly a candidate to replace him. If they can right. get that run game going, that power run game with Michelle, hopefully Damian Harris takes a step forward, which I expect him to. It takes such a load off. And I know, you know, you don't see quarterbacks really throwing 18 to 22 times. It's just not how the league is run now. But if you can kind of get him and make him make – low risk throws 20 to 25 times a game, get that run game going and keep him protected and rely on your defense. Like you've done the last two years. I'm sorry. That's a nine, 10 win season. It just is. Right. I think they're going to let Stidham rip. I think they're not going to worry about his pass attempts or handing the ball off. the He's got an arm. He's got an arm, man. First round arm talent. Yeah. I don't think they're going to be worried about that. I think, going to be a simple playbook lots of play action i think it's going to be i think it's going to be awesome i think he's going to be really good i think mccary will obviously be better he wasn't very good last year but i think with stidham i think he'll be a little bit better jacoby myers the two tight ends like you said it'll be really fun they have a good defense they're way more athletic this year actually adrian phillips is a baller they're faster i like the team a lot yeah defensively I mean you look what they're doing defensively and how they're building that team and you know Spags wrote about this last year uh, I'm sorry Spags wrote about this uh, last month I wrote about this even going back to last year but they're trying to model these teams you know after the early teams the early Belichick teams where they're based on run and they're based on a solid defense and then if your quarterback is good then all of a sudden they go from a nine win team to an 11 or 12 win team and if your quarterback stinks well, you know, maybe you're somewhere in the middle, six and ten, somewhere on there. But if your quarterback's average, you're still getting nine, ten wins. And I think that that's that's kind of where they're going to be. I think that Belichick's been preparing for for Brady to leave uh, for for a few years now, and that's that's where they're headed. So, you know, and again, who knows? But I I do like some of those signings. And even you look at the signings. You mentioned Adrian Phillips, and I think Phillips and Brandon Copeland are two names that really kind of stick out to me because those are guys that are under the radar guys that are very versatile position wise Copeland can play DN can play outside linebacker Phillips can play linebacker and safety so you look at those guys and say huh those are guys that can play in a bunch of different roles and they remind me of guys they brought in in 01 I mean you look at you know Vrabel and you look at uh Anthony Pleasant and you look at um uh, Roman Pfeiffer and you know guys that were you know Bobby Hamilton and guys that have been around the league but had never really excelled anywhere and came in and and, and made great dividends obviously Vrabel was you know was unbelievable right but like guys paid great dividends when they came in here and were, and were a big part of that championship run. And so I think that that's something interesting um, to look at is, is what are the impact of those guys that we brought in that people were like, Oh yeah. Okay. Whatever that guy's, yeah, he's fine. You know, Demir bird. Okay. He's fast, but what has he ever done? Well, he had a good year last year and 
you put a speed, you know, speed guy on the outside with Nikhil on the inside, like who knows, you know? And so it, it'll be interesting to see what happens as far as once the season gets going, but I like some of the under radar, under the radar pickups they have. Yeah, I agree. And I, I like the Demir bird pickup. Like you said, definitely add some speed to that, to that offense. I mean, that's, that's what they lacked, especially at that wide receiver position. Um, you know, Jeff Thomas, I think he's a, he's one of Jeff those undrafted guys that should, should definitely make the team if his head's on straight and has a good camp. Uh, but let's dive into a little bit. Obviously, like I said, we touched upon it a little bit. I am super excited, and I wish, I wish when that report came out that it was AFC, NFC for the first four weeks. I never believed it because I was just like, that just does not make sense. Yeah. Uh, but I wish it was Garoppolo versus Stidham. It would have been really cool been week crazy. one. Like, the, 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 what you thought was going to be the hair apparent versus the actual one. Because, I mean, yeah. let's face it, all the reports out there now is that they're planning for Jared Stidham for the future. Not just this year, see what he is, a bridge quarterback. No, he's the future in their eyes right now. And I right. think that's the one game that really sticks out to me. Just because of the type of teams, you don't see those guys a lot. Garoppolo returns to Foxborough. Uh, they have, I mean, incredible speed now with uh, Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel. They're going to run some crazy plays. Obviously, Juszczyk oh, yeah. is still there. Like, Shani's got an unbelievable playbook that he's just going to open up. Uh, I think it'll be interesting. That'll be an interesting test. That's one game I'm really looking forward to in a 425 game at uh, at, mm-hmm. at Foxborough. The best games of the year. Loving that. Oh, yeah. What week is this game? That's uh, week seven. It's, it's the first week after the bye. Oh, yeah. I got a feeling that's going to be a 49ers drum just based on how good Kyle Shanahan, Shanahan is and what teams have really done to the Patriots. 34, kind of smallish defense now with the run game and the play action. I can just see Kittle bodying people everywhere. Yeah. I'm going to, pen- I'm going to pencil that win and an L, and I'll, uh, I'll take the L if they would do win. <laughs> no, well, that's – look, I mean, Mike Reese, Mike Reese went down a, a – you know, obviously, it's kind of an instant reaction for him, uh, but ESPN, I guess he's been writing it for a while now because you've known who the, who the opponents were, but he has them at 9-7, and seven, and he actually has them starting out the season – uh, what three and four, uh, losing to Seattle, Kansas City, San Francisco, and then at Buffalo, uh, on a on a um, I guess that's a that's a, a the Jets is a Monday night. I'm sorry, the Buffalo game is a one o'clock game, but uh, you know one one thing I'm interested in really for me is that of course with the coronavirus, the pandemic going on and stuff, we don't know what's going on, right? As far as what's going to happen and whether whether the season's going to happen or whether the season's going to be pushed back a few games or whether the season's going to be uh, maybe start without fans. And you look at the early early in the season, they have two away games early in the year. They're playing at Seattle and at Kansas City, two of the toughest places to play in the NFL because of the crowd noise. Well, if there's a pandemic going on and if they do decide to move forward with the season but can't have fans in the stadium. Kansas City and Seattle lose the biggest, I would say, take the biggest loss out of anyone in that category. Now, Kansas City still Kansas City. So I don't know if the Patriots come out of Kansas City with a win, whether there's no one there or not. I don't think that necessarily matters. But Seattle's a team that's interesting because they're a good team, but are they? It's like they're always kind of on the fence and they have a ton of talent. Russell Wilson is there and like they, they're a good team, but, but they just can't seem to put it all together. And so... That's a game that I'm really look interested in looking at because if Seattle doesn't have fans there and it's, you know, you're just playing Patriots against Seattle, you know, basically on a neutral playing field, that could be a win for the Patriots that 
ultimately, if you think we're going in there, rookie quarterback, second start of his career in Seattle, places an absolute madhouse screaming everywhere. The fans are on top of you. Like, I mean, that's noted as the, as the, you know, the loudest stadium in the NFL, maybe behind Kansas city, uh, you know, not having fans there would be, would be a, a big win for the Patriots, whether they win that game or not. I don't know, but that would be a big win for the Patriots. If in fact, uh, you know, fans couldn't be in the, in the, in the stands. I don't think the NFL actually cares whether there's fans or not. I think there's going to be fans no matter what. I'm waiting to see in August. I think the stadiums are going to be filled for the NFL anyways, not college football, but I think Goodell and the rest of the guys, they're going to have fans. I think it's going to be awesome, but I think they're going to have fans. Hey, and Jarrett Stidham did win in Alabama. So if he can do that, I'm I'm That's okay good. with him going into Seattle and and like you said maybe not Arrowhead that's a different animal that's the loudest stadium in the history of the world right now yeah um, but he, if he can go in Alabama and win with that offense and that team and that guy calling plays I get some hope for him in in some tough environments even Buffalo like right Buffalo hasn't beat the what was Tom Brady I know it's Tom Brady but who was he like 32 and three versus Buffalo he finished up like. They just we have their number. We have their number. I know yeah. Brissett lost and and you know that all that, but Buffalo to me, and, and it's getting off on a little bit of a tangent. We're obviously talking about a lot of teams, but that's just kind of the time of year it is. There's always that one AFC team, right? Like last year was the Browns, who were just so hyped up. They had a great year the year before, not obviously to the Bills standards. They've been taking, you know, a bunch of leaps forward. But there's always that one AFC team every single year who gets so hyped up and they just can't put it all together. If Josh Allen doesn't take uh, even even like a half step forward, step. I think that team is the same team as last year, and they're completely beatable. I'm sorry. He's got he's to take a major step forward for them to be, to be a really, really legit contending team. Other than that, I mean, yeah, they'll make the playoffs. They'll go 10 and 6, 11 and 5, but am I, am I really worried about them? Eh, maybe. Not not really. Yeah. I'm not sweating. I have a lot of games on the other schedule that I'm much more worried about. It's true. It's true. I mean, I'll tell you what, man. You this bring this schedule, the meat of the schedule really brings you back to 2014. Remember that 2014 stretch where it was like Green Bay and Chargers. Chicago and the Chargers and Denver. It was like there was like six straight quarterbacks in a row. We were like, whoa, you know, like those teams are really good and that's gonna be a hell of a stretch. And of course they end up losing the one game. Uh, out in Green Bay to to Rodgers. Um, and that was the only game they lost in that stretch. And they, I think murdered the Bears that year. But this year, you look at starting at week, what's that, 10? Week 10, they have Buffalo, Houston, Arizona, the Chargers, the Rams, and then maybe Miami, depending on where they are at that point. But, like, you look at, even just just look at the quarterbacks there, right? Lamar, Watson. Kyler, right now, who knows what Herbert's going to do, but he's a rookie, so you would assume the Patriots probably win that game. Then the Rams are golf, and then even throw in Tua and Josh Allen if you want. Those are the next two games after that. I mean, you're talking about a ton of mobile quarterbacks to give that could give the Patriots fits, and that's right in the meat of the schedule there. Um, you know, that's going to be a hell of a stretch for the Patriots. And is it weird you know, they Baltimore brought in Jamar Jamar Smith's a well, mobile guy, scout team And that's the thing, right? You give him you know? a look, and it seems stupid, but but if you give him a look in train in you know in practice, you get a better feel during the game. You just do, and you hear that from the players, you know, on Monday and Tuesday. Hey, this guy gave us a great look, uh, you know, over the week. It really prepared us for those guys. And so if Jamar Smith is on the team, 
and he can you know he can show what show Lamar and say hey this is what Lamar can do and we you know they get a feel for playing against him and Kyler and you know Kyler Murray who they see obviously a lot less often that's you know that's going to be very very valuable for the Patriots yeah, I think the Patriots are just much more athletic for the past two years, and especially this year, especially with Phillips coming in. I think they're just ready to deal with mobile quarterbacks more than they have been in years past. They have more athletic guys on the edge, more athletic linebackers, more athletic safeties or corners are fast. I think they've been building that team for the new type of offenses in 2020 and beyond. And I think other than a couple, this first couple of series with Lamar, they kind of buckled down and, held their own. The offense didn't really do much after that. It was a shame, but I think they've done really well against mobile quarterbacks, especially like Josh Allen in the past. They've really contained them really well. I think we're going to look forward to the Patriots doing pretty well against these mobile quarterbacks. Yeah. No, you're, you're right. And people have written articles about it too, that, you know, if you look at the Patriots draft and even what they've done in free agency, like you said, with Phillips and a guy like Copeland, that's what they're doing, right? They they go up, they get Kyle Duggar. Why did they get Kyle Duggar? Well, they get Kyle Duggar because he has elite athleticism, and he might not have the you know the pedigree that that some of the guys have, but because of the athleticism, you're looking to try to stop those guys. You know, the path to the to the Super Bowl in the AFC goes through Baltimore and it goes through Kansas City, and that's Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. You got to be able to stop those guys, and even if you wanted to throw in Deshaun Watson into that mix too, you got to be able to stop those guys. And now Miami's got Tua. You're going to see him twice a year. So you're looking at all mobile quarterbacks that you have to stop. And that's kind of the new NFL anyways. And so for the Patriots, yeah, let's get more mobile. Let's get more versatile. Let's get guys that can attack the edge. Josh Uche can attack the edge. And, you know, uh, and Duggar can run with those guys. And Phillips can run with those guys. And so now you're building a team. And it's it's funny because it almost reminds me of the Celtics. And it seems kind of weird, but it might be a little bit of a stretch. But but it reminds me of the Celtics a little bit because the Celtics, you know, dra- go out and they draft Jalen Brown, and they draft Jason Tatum, and they're just playing positionless basketball, right? We don't even care. We'll throw five guys that are all the same on the court because we need that athleticism on the court is the most important part. Being able to handle the ball, being able to shoot, and the athleticism to stick with these guys are the most important things now. And the same things going on in the NFL. Look, you don't. You need some guys in the middle, right? And the Patriots got a few guys that can stop the run and get in there and two gap and everything else. But at the end of the day, this game now is about getting vertical and, you know, and speed, speed around the edges and speed vertical. And if you can, if you can't stop speed around the edges and and that vertical speed, you're done, you're cooked. And so I think for the Patriots, they go out and they get guys that, yeah, they're versatile. They can play a bunch of different places, but they have that athleticism stick with those guys. And I think you're right, Bryson, like, that's that's really I think their biggest focus right now, and so uh, so we'll see. But I, I'm optimistic about it as well. I, I like that prediction. I like that uh, comparison, Pat, with the Celtics. I mean, it's it seems crazy comparing two sports, but if you really think of it that way, like that's just the way the NFL is, and they got it through the draft. Uche, you know, Kyle Duggar bringing in Phillips, like you said, and then you still have the guys in the middle, like Hightower, Adam Butler, Lawrence right. guys, stop the run can bang and if you want to play between the hashes like they're, they're going to be there and play physical um but just to kind of wrap it up obviously a little bit of a, a a shorter show just kind of that time of year here obviously with the schedule coming out we did dive we kind of jumping around different places but before we go before we let you go bryson let's uh let's all give our predictions for the season you don't have to run through each game and, and wins or losses but we kind of have a general idea 
in the back of our head who they're playing and, and you know, when they're home and away. Uh, I'll start with you, Pat. Pat, give me your prediction for the year. Uh, short and sweet. Let's let's uh, let's hear it. Yeah. So just looking at the schedule, I mean, it's it's hard for me to believe they're going to finish higher than nine and seven or ten and six. You know, I just I look at I look at well, the end of the year, I think there's a lot of winnable games, right? You're playing in L.A. for two games. Matter of fact, it's funny you're playing. We were talking about this. Uh, they're playing in L.A. back to back. They're playing uh, the Chargers on a 425 game on Sunday, and they're playing the Rams Thursday night. As a matter of fact, the Patriots have a shorter trip to that game than the Rams do because the Rams are playing in Arizona the week before. So uh, they're obviously going to stay out in L.A. and have the double the double L.A. game. But then you got, you know, I think those two Miami games, then you're, uh, I'm sorry, those two L.A. games, then you're in Miami at home against Buffalo and at home against the Jets. I think you could potentially win out those last five games of the season. Now, does that mean they finish ten and six? They they could they could finish ten and six. Um, I think that that's really kind of the high water mark for me is ten and six, maybe nine and seven. I think the second game in that division is going to really I, they, they're going to lose one in the division for sure. If they finish five and one in the division, only lose one game, I think you're looking at a ten and sixteen. If they finish four and two in the division, then I think nine and seven, and then really. I mean, if they start losing more games in the division, now you're talking about eight and eight, seven and nine, things like that. But I'm I'm staying on the optimistic side. I'm going nine and seven. I think I'm going to agree with Pat. I'm going to go nine and seven too. I think the problem um, with Patriots fans' expectations is the offense last year was not good. It was ranked bottom twenties in yards per play, which is a metric I frequently use because I think it's one of the best. They were just really bad. They weren't good at all. It's really hard to be worse than what they were. And now they have David Andrews. They have a couple of other guys coming back. I think Ajuska is going to start and be good. Their defense is still the same with some better guys. You expect a little bit of drop-off. They're not going to be the number one defense in the league again, but they very well could be top five. So if they have a mid-offense, 15 to 17, and a top five defense again, like they're going to be competitive. And I don't, I don't see where people are seeing the offense drop, the drop-off where they're going to win like four games because they were com- – did anyone watch the Patriots last year? They were completely awful on offense. There's mm-hmm. no way they're going to be worse than that. So nine and seven. Oh, yeah, I, I mean, I hate to you know pick the same here, but I just think that's the that's what it is. I mean, maybe eight and eight. I think you're you're right, Pat. You know, ceiling ten and six team, uh, but I think they can find a way to squeak nine wins out. I mean. I know Brian Phillips is so against the coaching and, and, you know, there's people out there that, oh, Bill Belichick isn't playing the games. And that's right. I mean, I'm a firm believer in, you know, you can game plan better than anybody and, and, and prepare your team, but you guys got to go out there and you got to, you got to prove right. it and you got to do it on every Sunday. But I still think they have those guys that are willing to do that and have the ability to do that. Um, I do get nervous with the teams like Baltimore, Kansas city, you know, they, they have probably, I, I don't, the strength of schedule stuff is, you know, based on all those stuff. I they have to have the hardest schedule in the league. You're going out west yeah. for the AFC and NFC, and you're playing a first place schedule with Houston, Kansas City, and Baltimore inside your conference. That's a that's a tough tough game. But the Patriots are going to do what the Patriots are going to do. They're going to prove a lot of people wrong, and I, I I like that with the offense. They right. can't get much worse than last year. You have to expect the run game to get better. The offensive line is healthy, keeps them upright, make it make his job easy, clean pocket. And the other thing too, in far as far as the offense goes, Stidham's a mobile guy. I mean, don't forget he ran a sub five at the combine. Uh, you saw in the preseason; he gets outside, he can make some plays with his legs and move the chains that way. 
Uh, and that's something we haven't seen for 20 years. I mean, yeah. like like we've talked about for a while, po- pocket passers are dinosaurs now. The Phillip Rivers, right. you know, the 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 Tom Brady. I mean, Drew Brees is a little bit more mobile than I think uh, he gets credit for. He can definitely make some plays outside the pocket. But you guys got you you got to be able to move now. These guys just and, and Stidham can do that and, and extend plays with his legs. Uh, I think you're going to see a, you know some RPOs, you know some some cool stuff. Josh McDaniel is going to uh, develop. Uh, with him at quarterback, definitely, like you said, more simplified offense, but a more modernized offense too. So uh, long story short, I think nine and seven as well. Uh, I think you'll see a couple shocking wins, you know, maybe like a Baltimore at home, like you squeak that one out. Um, but it happened. Maybe, maybe San Francisco and you, you, they'll drop one that they're not supposed to. They always do. Right. They always will. That's every team, yeah. right? Uh, yeah. But I think nine and seven, nine and seven is a good, a good, uh, you know, benchmark for that. I want to hit on one point because you talked about the coaching and I think that I think in, in, and listen, people talked about Belichick ad nauseum and everything else, but I think the biggest difference that Belichick has over everyone else and, and, and the reason why intimidation his coaching, factor. Like well, like yes. Intimidating. Look yeah, at him but, across the sidelines. Yes. But I think, I think what he does better than anyone else is recognizes the strengths and weaknesses of his players, right? He doesn't just say, okay, we're running a four, three defense. And you're playing middle linebacker because you're the middle linebacker. And okay, the middle linebacker on this play is supposed to blitz, so you're going to blitz. He doesn't do that. He looks at, okay, what are you good at? And how can we get you on the field and do that? And you look at what he did with Pat Chung. I mean, he brought Pat Chung in here and he had him playing deep safety. And then he's like, too. what the hell are we doing? What, what the hell are we doing? That's stupid. Right. So they got him back and they put him in a role that he needed to do. Van Noy is another great example. Like, and you start looking at guys, Mike Vrabel is a perfect example of that, right? Vrabel was was an edge rusher in in Pittsburgh. That's what he did. He, he was just a, he was just a pass rush specialist, right? And they brought him in and they had him doing a bunch of different things. And so, what are you good at? What can you do? And then not only what can you do, what can't you do? What do you suck at, right? And I think that he tries to mask those things the best he can. Now, obviously, sometimes when you have a good coach that you're playing against and you got a guy on the field that's limited in a certain way. You don't want him doing something and he ends up doing something because necessity calls for it or, you know, they audible and check to something, you know, right before the play starts. So the guy has to do something that that you don't want him to do. And that's the way it goes. Right. And that's how, of course, mismatches happen and you end up losing matchups and losing games. But for the most part, Belichick does a great job at identifying strength and weaknesses, weaknesses of his players and then putting them in a position to win on the field, because that's at the end of the day, everyone's super talented in the NFL. Like, you know, yes, okay, people have great players. They're great players everywhere. But, and and I know some of them are elite. You know, Patrick Mahomes is probably the best quarterback in the NFL. Great. And, and, you know, he has Tyreek Hill and he has Jason, he has Travis Kelsey and he's always, but like at the end of the day, you got to put him in a position to win. If you don't drop the right plays, if you don't put them, you know, in the right spot, they're not going to execute. Right. And so I think that that's something that, is overlooked a little bit in the NFL. And, and I think, or at least by some fans, and you mentioned Brian Phillips and he's, he kind of he bangs that drum pretty hard, uh, pretty loud. But, you know, I just think for me, it's about putting guys in the right position to be successful based on their strengths. Yes. But more importantly, their weaknesses and not putting them in a position to fail, I think is, is almost more important. Brian Phillips is a coward. Weep. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, I think that's it, man. Are we done? I think I think we're done. Yeah. Just that everything going on, and then, I mean, this was, like, 
I've never seen so much hype for a schedule drop. I know, obviously, it's, you know, like we talked about, it's an intriguing and uh, different year and a, a lot of, you know, um, you don't really know how the season's going to go and you knew the schedule was going to be tough, so you wanted to see it. But I've never seen so much hype, and that's just the world we live in. And it's just that dry time of year, man. This, this is uh, Three this is hours of season. programming. Three hours of programming tonight on the NFL Network. But, hey, you know, Nike Belichick makes, makes the list. I think he was... Uh, I think he was interrupting Bill as he was trying to talk, barking in the background. <laughs> so, but you know, but anyways, Bryson, thanks so much for coming on, man. We really appreciate it. We enjoyed talking with you. We'll have to, uh, we'll have to have you on again when the season, when the season comes back, uh, we can talk about some real football instead of just, instead of just pretend football. That's right. I hope, I hope the Patriots have uh, joint practices in West Virginia. I hope they come back. If not, I'll be up there in Massachusetts in July. Hopefully they open it up to the fans and, it's good to talk to you, and I can't wait to see the Patriots again. Thank you so much, yeah. man. We'll uh, we'll we will talk soon. Keep doing your thing on Twitter. You uh, you 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 got a good thing going over there. You get to keep our Patriots fans uh, on their heels, but a lot of uh, you, you you help us out. You know, you help us out with the with keeping everybody you know hopeful for the season. So we we appreciate That's right. that. That's right. Trust Stay positive, man. Isaiah. Stay positive. Trust in Isaiah when Trust in Isaiah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Trust and set up to King City. See you, man. See you, boys.